Hi, thank you for joining me today as we read from the popular subreddit r slash petty revenge. I hope you enjoy. Nepotism backfires on boss. Story by Centauros 2. Sorry for the long narrative. I, 32M, worked for a family-owned large-scale retail chain. Even though it had nearly a hundred showrooms, the business still operated like a typical family-owned business. The owner's childhood friend was the senior advisor, SM, to the company and his four kids were put in varying positions of power straight out of high school. I was the only guy who knew the technical details of the product we were selling. I was responsible for marketing the products but also for training, recruitment, operations support, troubleshooting, and anything else that they could think of. They had me on a contract of non-compete when I joined them. Because of the highly specific nature of the industry I specialized in, I didn't have a shot of getting into any of our competition nor could I easily switch over to another industry. They had me in a tight spot and kept me on a pay scale that was suitable for a junior executive, even though I had been handling projects worth millions. The worst part was the senior advisor SM would always try to nag me with little things like not submitting timestamps for any client meetings or taking more than half an hour for lunch. SM would also tell the boss's kids that they should have better control over me or I will replace them. The guy had a history of destroying the career of anyone in the company who grew close to the boss. The kids took his advice seriously and ended up bossing over me on everything. I had to pass every email or proposal through them to the boss and if I slip up, they started raising complaints to their dad about it. The boss would inevitably take their side and ended up telling me to work under their instructions. I had been working on a major contract with a high-stake client for over six months. I had researched, targeted, networked, and did a lot of groundwork to get a meeting with the guy. When the guy called me in for a meeting, at last, I decided to attend it and win the project before bringing the boss and his family into the loop. The client was happy with the level of technical and product-specific information I provided and placed a massive order. We are talking about a single contract worth $2.5 million in value. The product in question is a very high value, a premium item that needs to be custom developed by specialists. The client was very specific on the need for individualized customization for each item. Even though every instinct in my gut was telling me I should take it straight to the boss, I decided to follow the protocol in place. The kids were furious I didn't keep them in the loop on such a high-value project, but were happy as well about the deal. They told me to take a long weekend and return after three days. I took a well-deserved mini-vacation and returned to the office. My boss called me in to let me know that his kids and SM had landed a multi-million dollar deal and that I need to run support on the deal. There I sat in a conference room, surrounded by the four kids, SM who looked smug, and the dad who seemed to know what was happening but still playing along. I told them that I was the one who got the deal. The eldest kid said, yeah in our direction. The daughter piped in saying, you are just the employee, remember that. You work at our direction. You did your job and we gave you an amazing reward of a long weekend. Be happy with that. I sat there in shock as what they said sank in. They were weaseling out of paying any bonus or incentive for the deal. Even though there was clear paper trial and evidence that I was the one who landed the client and got them the deal, they were shafting me out of paying the bonus. The boss looked on without saying anything. He seemed a little ashamed but ended up siding with his kids as he said it doesn't matter who got the deal. The main thing is, you are the one who will work on the project to make sure it is delivered. By this point, I had been working for over 9 years with these people. I had mediocre pay and no prospect of career growth. I knew I was not going to get another job in the industry I love in the country I lived in. I stood up and looked the boss straight in the eye and said, I am done. I cannot work with your kids or SM anymore. I left the room without a backward glance. Turns out, 
SM had hoped I would do this and jumped at the opportunity to badmouth me to the boss. The kids piled on and the boss gave me the notice to leave immediately rather than serve the three months of the notice period. Apparently, SM had advised the boss that I might sabotage the business if I stayed on and that his kids and he could handle any work that I was handling. So after nine years of pouring my life and soul into this business, I left with only a week, thanks from the boss and a smirk on the faces of the kids. My wife was supportive and she luckily had an opportunity in another country. We relocated within two months and here I am now. It has been almost a year and I remain unemployed as I had no market exposure in the new country. But I am taking this time to be a stay-at-home dad and enjoy every minute of it with my son. I have never been so relaxed and happy. Almost every employee in the company is on good terms with me and they have been updating me on everything. Turns out, the boss assigned his eldest daughter and son to finalize the deal with the client. They set up a meeting to let him know they will be the ones to handle his project. When he asked them specific details on the customization, they couldn't get their facts straight. The client ended up canceling the deal. SM tried to scramble and arrange another meeting with the client. Even then they didn't have anyone who was able to answer all the queries the client had. Apparently, the client got annoyed and asked about me. When he learned that I was no longer working, he told them that he is not going to take any more meetings with them. They lost a project that would have given them a million dollars in pure profit. They soon lost a few more existing tender bids for not being able to provide adequate technical details. One day I got a call from SM. He was all cheerful asking how I am enjoying my break and if I am ready to get back to work, as if nothing had happened. I asked him what he meant. He said I can take you on as a consultant. You work from that country and provide remote support and I will pay you directly. I asked him if the boss was aware of this deal. He didn't answer me and ended the call by asking me to think about it. A few weeks later the boss calls me and asks me to join back immediately. He said we will give you a 10% raise. Just join within the month. I refused and he blew his temper. He accused me of being petty and that I should take this opportunity to get back to work. He threatened me further stating he had already spoken to all the local competitors with whom he has a backroom agreement not to hire me at any cost. I still refused and said I have never had a more satisfying responsibility than the one I have right now. I will never go back to your firm and best of luck running it with your kids and SM. I still don't have a job and I am not keen on jumping into the next opportunity unless it offers me a balanced work life. The boss and his kids continue to lose clients and the business has started shrinking now. They still continue to badmouth me to the local industry experts for being so petty but I have learnt to enjoy the Pyrrhic victory. No, this is not your email address. Story by Dirth Air. There is a lady named Irene who does not seem to be able to understand the concept that my email address is not hers. She gives it out constantly, and repeated, repeated efforts to explain to her that she has it wrong have gone unheeded. Strong boomer energy from this one. As a result, I know she lives down in the US, she banks at Chase, she drives a Toyota RAV4 that is due for an oil change, and she seems to be having some medical issues down there. Irene, if you see this, call your doctor, she sounds concerned. I have repeatedly asked the various people involved to please inform Irene that she is providing all these places with my email address, which is, again, not hers. The only piece of information she has never provided is her phone number, so I have not been able to call her, although I did send her a Christmas card last year that read, Irene, Merry Christmas, stop telling people your email address is, my email, it isn't, it's mine. Recently, it appears that Irene has been trying to buy a new house, and is planning a trip to Venice. I know this, because I got all the confirmations of her travel plans from her travel agent, as well as all the confirmations from her mortgage broker and insurance agent. This resulted, 
a couple of weeks ago, in somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 emails a day, informing me of every detail of each of these transactions. So, I followed my usual approach. I emailed the agents back, and, probably slightly less politely than I could have been, informed the agents that Irene is once again giving out my email address as her own, and I have no interest in any of the private documents they had sent her. Apparently, they tried to call her, unfortunately, I suspect they all tried to call her within a few minutes of each other to tell her the same thing, and she got very angry with all of them. She told them, very rudely, that in fact, my email address is hers, and people needed to stop telling her that it wasn't, and why hadn't any of them sent her any emails yet confirming all of this stuff she was trying to do. Not long after, I separately got apologetic emails from each of them, the insurance agent, the travel agent, and the mortgage broker, telling me that they were very sorry but Irene was very insistent that this was her email address, so they couldn't remove it from her account. This seems very stupid to me, but I am not American and do not understand American rules. So I told them that since I was apparently Irene, and I am completely sure that I did not apply for a mortgage, or for insurance, all of those should be cancelled immediately. The mortgage broker told me that if we did that, we may not meet the date required in the contract for the removal of subjects. I told him that since I, Irene, was not applying for a mortgage, that didn't matter. The travel agent, whom it seems had received the majority of the earful from Irene, seemed completely indifferent to my request to cancel my trip to Venice. She did tell me that there might be a cancellation fee for the original flight to Frankfurt. Why she was flying to Frankfurt to get to Venice, I have no idea. I assume there are no direct flights to Italy? So I told her to cancel all the rest of the flights and hotel rooms except the original flight to Frankfurt. Don't want to cost Irene that extra $20 after all. I have not heard anything further, and I am a little sad about that, as there's a part of me that loves the idea of Irene flying to Frankfurt, getting there, and realizing all her connecting and return flights are cancelled. And I do wonder if she ever bought that house. But at least the emails have stopped. Update. I just heard back from the mortgage broker. Apparently, I gave them all a good laugh, they realized I am not Irene, of course, since my name is on the email and were just as frustrated with her as I was by her failure to sign and return the documents they had been emailing her. Apparently, Irene is using a company email that is hosted in Gmail. So she signs into Gmail, but, this is my interpretation, her address is something like, my address at her organization. Calm and once they told her they had a request to cancel everything from the email address she had provided, she immediately sent them an email from her account. He thanked me, because the documents need to be signed by Tuesday, and Irene was giving them quite an earful because she had not received them yet. The travel agent just said, my apologies, we've fixed the problem, you will not receive any further emails, please delete the ones you have received. So since I ended up helping her actually successfully buy her house. Does this technically count as a good deed? Petty Spare Room Revenge, UK Edition. Story by Red. Banana 99. Background. My husband and I are in our 50s, child-free, and own a three-story Victorian townhouse in a very popular seaside tourist town in the UK. We have the top floor with two spare rooms, so we rent them out on Airbnb. Basically, it's people living in our home for the weekend, midweek for work, a base for tourism, 50% of our guests are international, or Brits using us as a base for house hunting. We've been super hosts for seven years and have seen it all. People broke the lock on the front door because they don't know left from right at 1am after 10 pints of a shanty to projectile vomiting down the stairs from the top floor. Maria, not real name, booked for 12 nights in early August. One message how far are you from, postcode 30, please note, no hello, hi can you help, 
Just the one line, Hobbs and I both have Airbnb app access so he replied with 20 minutes. Three days later Maria booked, 8th August checking in on 4th September. Being hosts, guests who book with us who are also hosts get a little note on their account, you can read their reviews, etc. just as they can read ours, 500 plus 5 star. As head of marketing, I run my own business from home, I chit chat and get to know guests in advance. We are people and we like to personally welcome each guest you see. Not Maria. Maria refused to reply to any of my four weekly messages through August, so on the day before I did something that's not recommended, to communicate off app. Note, maybe once a year a guest uses an old account with an old phone number and or email or didn't download the app, so it's our job to establish the best way to communicate if guests are long staying in our home, perfectly reasonable right? No. Marie answered 4pm on my WhatsApp. Whatever, we could go down the seafront for a bit and come back in time for check-in. 4pm rolls around and I open the front door, CCTV down the drive which covers front door compliant with Airbnb, and it's a man. Yes, not Maria the woman, he said he was here for Airbnb. I'm flabbergasted, what the hell? I told he's not allowed into my home without ID. You are a strange man. A stranger, you are a host, you know you can't book on behalf of a third party, it violates the terms of booking, etc. Are you really going to ask for my ID? Hell yes let's have it. Note, Hobbs was out of sight in the next room, man guest did not know that. Also, Hobbs know I'm not backward about pushing forwards and he knows I'll ask for help if I need it. I appreciated him being silent to represent myself as the sole figure of authority, but I digress. Dr. Child, his ID was a generic medical card, got really bullshy and aggressive when I demanded why did he lie by omission. He'd had a month and six messages from me and he could have communicated. I don't have to communicate, I am a doctor I am busy proper sneering at me. Now I'm up a notch, told him Airbnb was my side business and I own my own company, I run two businesses and still manage to email and message everyone in both circles. Because I respect good communication. Overnight, 7.30am I'm pottering in the kitchen emptying the dishwasher and making cups of tea, and Dr. Child flounced in and barked one word at me. Milk. So, we provide small glass bottles of milk for tea and coffee, not half pints of milk for cereal every morning for 12 days. I barked back. Fridge. He picked up the UHT and held it, perplexed no fresh milk which is when I told him to buy milk on the way back from work as that's the first and last time you help yourself to our private fridge contents. He stormed off like a child. So I contacted Airbnb support with a CCTV photo of him checking in, his hospital ID and reported him for violating the third-party booking terms. Also looking at his host reviews loads of people were saying the room they were given wasn't on Airbnb, guests said they never answered messages and two girls were stuck outside his house for 2.5 hours messaging via the app. Turns out Maria and Dr. Child decided to hold a family barbecue around the back and never heard them. £440 booking, guest refunded £150, we got £260 for nothing. TL, DR entitled Airbnb guest gets fined for impersonating a woman. Edit, as Airbnb hosts, if we cancel a reservation we can get fined £1,000, have super hosts stripped for 12 months, and have an Airbnb statement on our feedback to say we cancelled a guest, our calendar blocked to prevent revenue. Yes the penalties are harsh but I reverse a non-Maria. Be belligerent to fast food employees like they're second class citizens, I guess you'll go hungry. Story by the sigil. I am American and English is my first language so feel free to crucify me. A little background with me, growing up poor, I worked in fast food and waiting, 
so I sympathize with the grossly overworked slash underpaid people that make the daily lives of others possible. TL, DR at the bottom. About five years ago, I was at a lovely little fast food joint that you can recognize by the pigtailed redhead. As I was stepping up to place my order, something happened that I had only heard about in stories on the internet, I encountered, indirectly, a wild Karen. At this point, I hadn't even gotten past my greetings with the cashier person when I heard a ruckus to my left. Bewildered, the cashier and I both turned to see a red-faced Karen fuming and demanding a manager over a grievous mistake with her food. Half curious, but not interested enough to care, I turned back to place my order. As I was nearly complete with my request, I eavesdropped on this Karen's complaint when the manager walked up to see what unforgivable error was made. Karen I can't eat this. I ordered a fully loaded baked potato. Manager ma'am, they say, while observing her order on the counter, it appears that you have a fully loaded baked potato in front of you. Karen no, this is inedible. Your stupid workers here tipped my order and now there's sour cream on the inside of the container. This god-awful mess is unacceptable. As Karen goes on about how her lunch break was ruined by incompetent fast food failures in life, I leaned in and inquired to the cashier about how many baked potatoes they currently had ready. They raise an eyebrow and ask me to wait a moment to go check. A few seconds later, they come back to let me know that there are 8 potatoes. Me to complete my order, I'd like 8 fully loaded baked potatoes. The cashier hesitates, then smiles and rings it up. Minutes, somehow, later, Karen finishes her belittling rant and demands a new baked potato, without the unforgivable mess. My order is up soon, but I realize I basically set the poor manager up for failure by clearing out their prepared potato inventory, so I consider my next move. The manager comes back and apologizes that they're out of baked potatoes and that it would be another 45 minutes until more are ready. Karen what sort of idiotic people can't even keep enough baked potatoes for paying customers? Q worker from the back bringing up my order. I have a number 3 with a Dr. Pepper and 8 fully loaded baked potatoes for the sigil. That's me. I exclaim. I grab my giant bag of food and give it a good shake, which would undoubtedly cause sour cream to mess up the pristine interior of my potato containers. Boy, that's heavy. Knowing full well what I've done, I make sure to put on my best poker face and glance at Karen. It looked like she was about to wind up more the customer is always right monologue when I raised a finger, said no, and wagged it like a disapproving father. I didn't work there so she wasn't my customer to please. At that, she stomped out of the restaurant, leaving her nightmare potato on the counter, and squealed out of the parking lot. I bid everyone a good day and apologized that they had to endure her behavior, and left. I ended up giving all eight fully loaded baked potatoes away to co-workers. TL, DR, insufferable Karen makes an incomprehensible complaint about her perfectly good fully loaded baked potato while insulting all the staff, so I bought out all their prepared stock to prevent her from getting a new one for free. She leaves hangry. Edit, clarified that I am American rather than speak American, even though the original wording said American and English is, singular, and not are, plural, my first languages some people are just so bored. Also changed some wording so I didn't use prepare so many times in a row. Thank you for tuning in to listen to these stories, and I hope to see you on the next one. Till then, have an amazing day.